guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you decided to join in and listen. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. My name is Missy. I am your host. If you're in any kind of danger, um, do not listen to this podcast. Hang up, dial 911. Please, um, I beg you of that because I do not want you to put yourself in any type of danger um, listening to the podcast. So, um, the National Domestic Violence Hotline number is 1-800-799-7233. I give that out every single podcast uh, because they are a hotline, a national hotline for women um, who may just need to talk to a advocate on the other end. They may need some information um, in a quick type way. If you can call them and get some help, that would be great. Um, today's guest is Ashley, and you're going to have to help me, Ashley, with your last name. <laughs> Rumschlag. Rumschlag. Um, she it. she is the CEO and president of DomesticShelters.org. Um, and she is just such an amazing human being. And I'm so proud she's on the podcast with me. And if she gives me permission, we'll start recording. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, Ashley and I have a little bit of back history. Um, when I first started the podcast... I reached out to DomesticShelters.org and I sent them a message about the podcast and um, kind of let them in on, you know, here I am, this is what we're talking about, and it has to do with domestic violence and women's stories and men's stories too, you know, and and so they sent me an email back and we just kind of forged a little bit of a relationship from the get-go. Yeah, we were really inspired. We we create a lot of content on domestic shelters at org. We try to be a, a place that people can kind of find uh, when they're trying to get answers to questions about domestic violence. And we've never really thought about pod. Well, we thought about podcasts, but we hadn't really thought about the power of kind of collecting a list of podcasts that people could find help by listening to. And so we created an article around it, and which has since evolved into a page uh, that Misty mentioned. A lot of people say they find find your podcast on that page. So yeah, definitely. Uh, we're really, really thankful that we can help make those connections. Yeah, and I'm very grateful to y'all for doing so because, you know, I get so many women that send me messages and say, your podcast changed my life. And that's so major. That's so major. And, you know, if I can just help save somebody or help inspire one person through my voice and through this podcast and and also with the other guests that are on here, if they can inspire someone, that's what I want to do. You know, that's the main objective. Um, Yeah, it's a really great platform for for victims and survivors of abuse because it can be a very quiet and uh, like a a solo experience now you're driving in your car you can mm-hmm. listen to it you know somewhere that an abuser would not be with you right. uh, you can put your headphones in and listen to it so uh you know there are some differences in something that may have some visual aspects to it because you can kind of do it a little bit more uh, uh secretively right and um i want you to talk or chat with us and let the people know um what exactly i, I know domesticshelters.org does so many things and you know you've got such a huge platform also um and a web page so um a lot for you to talk about that yeah i'm happy to um 
just a little bit of background. So domesticshelters.org is actually a service of a nonprofit called Teresa's Fund. Um, Teresa's Fund has actually been in existence since 1992. We're celebrating uh, 30 years this year of, of Teresa's Fund being in existence. And it kind of started off as a grant-making organization in the state of Arizona. They helped build out um, shelter capacity through fundraising efforts and, and things of that nature. And then um, around 2000. 13-14, they you know, kind of decided to shift the organization, and uh, Chris McMurray, who is our founder of DomesticShelters.org, uh, kind of dis- discovered that there was no one place people could go online and, and find their nearest domestic violence program or shelter and really get those answers that they needed. So um, in, two, in August of 2014, DomesticShelters.org came online, um, and since then we've really grown beyond the searchable database, which is a you know a massively important tool that needs to exist and has helped you know millions and millions of people find uh, their local uh, domestic violence programs. Um, but then we also you know kind of looked at the groups that we need that need help. So that's the victims and survivors, as well as the domestic violence professionals. So obviously domestic violence victims and survivors. We have content. We have videos. We have articles. We have lists. We have lists of podcasts. We have uh, you know searchable database. All sorts of information. Uh, content, um, and then we've also shifted to focusing on the domestic violence professionals through, of course, that content that they can share with their clients, uh, but also the wish list program. So that's going to be a, a place where people can go to our website, find a wish list, enter their enter their zip code, and they can actually just with a couple of clicks ship, uh, you know, urgently needed wish list items to a domestic violence program in the U.S. Um, so that's been a really successful program. Uh, we also then host webinars. Uh, throughout the year, we try to do this one or two a month, and those are free to domestic violence advocates, and uh, those are just great ways to to help uh, help them learn and get better, um, and to better serve victims and survivors. And then, most recently, we launched the Purple Ribbon Awards, uh, which I can go on for days about this program, but it's just it's a fantastic uh, way to uh, really just recognize the amazing work that advocates are doing on a daily day in and day out basis um you know it's not just advocates it's the shelters and programs it's the people in charge of fundraising it's the legal advocates it's the the law enforcement the judges it's the whole community too um and so this will be the second year for the purple ribbon awards and we'll give away uh thirty thousand dollars in grants uh to to the top programs wow that is so exciting <laughs> you know I, enough, I felt like i was talking for no. a while, but there really is just, there's so much that we we try to do yeah um, and, and everything that we do is free you know um there's a, there's a cost to, to nominate someone for a purple, purple ribbon award um but besides that pretty much everything that we do is is done through um you know through our our supporters right yeah um and so i am so excited for the purple ribbon um awards because to me you know it is nice to be able to give someone, you know, basically an award and be like, look, you've done this, you know, you've been out here and you've been working hard. And to me, that is just a wonderful thing that y'all do uh, for all these organizations, you know, to be able to win an award and say, hey, we appreciate you. The people out here, you know, who nominated you appreciate your work. And um, I find that just so, so great, you know, and I think I had emailed you about a blog you know because i don't think right. that's that's on the list this year but you know you were saying that that would be something that y'all might look at putting on there <clears throat> yeah absolutely and, and one of the kind of 
uh, not unintended consequence, but we knew that we would kind of learn as we went and, and really understand the importance of this program. And, and, you know, beyond just the recognition aspect, it's also just an amazing way to inspire other people to do better and mm-hmm. to set the bar a little bit higher um, based on the work that other people are doing. And, and that was one of the, the really neat feedbacks, that, feedback comments that we got from people who, um, you know, attended the virtual board summer that we host in September um, is just that they kind of said to themselves, you know, we could do that. Like we could, we can be, you know, as good as those programs that you were, you know, giving grants to. So um, that was really cool to be able to, to know that we were inspiring other programs to just, um, you know, try new things and, and really elevate their, their level of service. And I love that. I love that so much. And like I was telling you, you know, look, back in 1996, when I went through what I did, um, there was not the World Wide Web. And, you know, I mean, even if, you know, whenever it did start, there was no programs on there, to my acknowledgement, that would have helped me in any type of way, um, gave me the information which DomesticShelters.org really does. Um, it's just such a huge thing. It really is. And when I, whenever I did become a podcaster and um, a certified advocate myself, I looked on your webpage and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is just amazing. I mean, you know, the wish list, uh, all of the different, um, you know, nonprofits that are need of assistance, you know, they may need washing powders, you know, they may need, you know, items from the store of any type of thing for their, you know, people that are there in their shelter. And that's just totally amazing to me that it's there for people to go on there and actually help other people. Yeah, the, the goal of that program is, is we, we try to approach projects that uh, can really benefit domestic violence programs, mm-hmm. but from an investment standpoint, it would just be too much to right. do for each single program to do. Mm-hmm. So the creation of the Wishlist program really was born out of the idea that, you know, we can do this. We, we have the resources at Domestic, at, you know, domestic Shelters at Oregon Teresa's Fund to do this, and we can really, you know, create this tool that you know one shelter probably couldn't create it on their own but if we make this up for investment everyone can take advantage of this and everyone can really benefit from it so um that's kind of our goal with a lot of a lot of our programs and uh services it's just you know what can we do that benefits all domestic violence programs and and domestic violence victims and survivors what can we do you know and that's going to really benefit everyone right well here's my question to you what made you want to be where you're at right now with being a CEO and a president of the of the uh, webpage of Domestic yeah. yeah, so it's been quite a little bit of a journey for me. Um, I worked many years in the hospitality industry, and I, you know, I, I was serving people and helping people in, in a different way. Um, and then, you know, had some life changes, made a big move from Ohio to Phoenix, and I just got really, really fortunate that at the right time, I was, I was talking to uh, Chris McMurray and Anita Hildreth, who was the former uh, executive director of, of this organization and and was offered a position to, to work with DomesticShelters.org. Um, and it was such an interesting experience for me because I, I didn't know much about domestic violence. I've been very fortunate to not um, have been directly impacted. I, of course, know people who have gone through it, but um, you know, it was just an experience where I started to unpeel the layers of what domestic violence really was. And I thought, you know, this is an issue that no one, no one really talks about 
in a very accurate manner. Um, people have a lot of misconceptions, and so you know, I saw it as an opportunity to kind of um, be a part of a movement and a part of a, an issue, societal issue that really needs a lot of innovative thinking. Um, and then just working with uh, with um, the McMurray family who started Teresa's Fund. You know, they think differently. They've been very successful in other business ventures, and just to be able to work with people who take it a really important issue that needs attention, and putting that kind of freedom thinking and, and use of technology, and just you know trying to solve issues um, in new and new and creative ways. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of my journey, and it's been um, you know something that I've really really enjoyed and very thankful for. And, um, just recently, you know, took on the role of CEO, CEO and president this past November, mm-hmm. um, and it's been, you know, just a really, really great opportunity to, to be able to kind of step out into this this uh, profession with people who I just admire, and we get to work with Rita Smith. I get to talk to people like you, and uh, you know, I've made a lot of really great, um, you know, friends and and professional connections of people that are just you just blow me away with the, the amazing work that they're doing. Well, I admire you and, you know, um, it's women like you who inspire me, you know, and it's really crazy because I feel like that we all inspire each other in certain ways. And, you know, the fact that you're doing this kind of work and you're so dedicated and so passionate about it, um, it makes me just just love you, you know, and just love what you do and admire it. And, and, you know, I feel like everyone that's listening is going to love you just as much and they're going to admire you just like I do. Um, and they're going to, they're going to love domestic shelters. You're welcome. Um, domestic shelters.org guys. It's just, I can't say enough great things about it. I cannot. And I mean, you know, it it speaks for itself. Y'all go on Google and Google it please do it right, yeah, just go to uh, yeah. do it yeah. i mean because you're gonna find so many things that i mean there's probably just so much in there that we can't sit here and probably talk about it we can probably talk about <laughs> it for the things we're working on is to right. try to make it a lot you know we have all i mean we're, we're approaching i think this year we'll hit a thousand articles and that's right. you know it's it's a lot of content but yes um we try we try to make it in a way that people can use the power of google to find it mm-hmm. um we, we were very uh, and um, active on social media we actually just launched our tiktok account so if anyone's on tiktok it's just at domestic shelters uh and it, we're just trying to find as many avenues as we can because and, and sorry if i'm taking this conversation in a different direction but oh, one of our, our main main objectives is just to get people to uh, to call it abuse right because once you have that's so powerful for people to be able to say and i'm, I'm sure hopefully you're you know imagine your experience kind of um, aligns with this it's just like as soon as you can call it abuse you can start to tap into those resources because yes. before that you know you're you can, it's it's a lot of um you know denial in a way you know mm-hmm. of, of just like this isn't happening to me this only happens to other people and mm-hmm. he's not as bad as as the other stories that I'm reading, but you know, once a person can kind of say, you know, that I am experiencing abuse, you can really start to dive in and, and use the resources and start to, um, you know, make uh, make steps towards a happier and healthier and safer life. Yes, I agree, hundred percent. Um, there are a lot of different women out here that um have not came to that yet. They have not admitted yeah. to it. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, and there's no <clears throat> shame or blame in that. It's, it's just that's it's a really tough, tough uh, step to make. You yeah. know, to, to turn from, you know, everything's fine. It just happens a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can handle this. There's nothing wrong. Like I, you know, 
this is normal to I'm in an abusive uh, you know relationship or have an abusive partner and you know I need to make make a plan to, to leave wow. you know that's and even that you know it, necessarily accepting that it's abuse isn't necessarily the same as accepting that you know I want to leave or it's time to leave either you know there's a, there's a really long journey and it's not the same for everyone but no. um, you know it kind of moves along along a little bit of a, a similar path right right yeah and well when my experience and I'll talk just briefly about it um I didn't know what domestic violence was I mean in, in 1996 I was 18 years old of course I didn't know what it was I had never even heard that term <laughs> you know and so I was like what is domestic you know and then once I did get away from my abuser and people started talking about oh domestic violence I don't even know if it was even in that year frame or maybe even in the five-year frame that I even knew what that meant like it took me so long to actually hear those words and then I was like yeah. well that's what I went through you know <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's yeah. so interesting here. You put like that because I do tend to, you know, think that there's this com- com- this this moment of recognizing abuse and then you leave. But you're right. There's so many people that have that sim- similar experience where mm-hmm. they know that something's wrong, but they haven't labeled it. You know, but you're still able to to leave. You know, and, right. and thankfully do so safely. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people don't even recognize it until years later. We, we do hear that quite a bit. Yeah. People tell their stories and say, you know, I read an article on your site and. Oh, yeah, that aha moment. Uh-huh. Really what we're going, going yeah. for. Yeah. And like, oh, because then you can start to heal too. Yeah. You know, if you can't name it, how are you supposed to heal from it? Out resources and right. start to heal and, and heal the trauma until you know what it is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And they, yeah, I spoke to one gentleman on the podcast. He's an author, a best selling author now. And um, he was in a 15 year relationship um, with his partner. And he said, truthfully, three years before I left was when I actually figured out or three months I think it was that I was actually being abused you know and his wasn't physical his was like from a narcissistic standpoint it was mental abuse and emotional abuse but he really he knew something was wrong but he just thought this is the way we live you know this is our lifestyle this is the way you know oh and it'll get better you know because it always does right um, you know, things will be roses one minute and then be chaotic the next. And that well, leads me. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a very common abuser yeah. tactic of, yeah. you know, they have to keep you under their power control. If they're nasty all the time, then right. they're not going to stay. You yeah. know? But that's that's the whole point is that they're not nasty right. all the time. Yeah. There's so many good times, yes. even even if they become further and far, you know, further and further apart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's oh, it's 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 so complicated. Oh, it is, and it's so it's mind blowing and it's manipulation. It's it's so many things that come all together, and and that's one of the reasons. Like I said, I wanted to do this work is because people have such a hard time. Um, one that are experiencing it, recognizing it, people, but people who have not experienced it, understanding it. And there's that question that gets asked over and over again, why doesn't she leave or why doesn't he leave? And, you know, everyone, and I know in the profession is, is trained to go, but why did he abuse her? Or why did she abuse him? Wrong. Uh, you know, that's that's what we are trained to do, but not, you know, general public still has a lot of those victim blaming tendencies. And, and you know, I understand where they're coming from because it's so hard to understand, but, you know, we need to do our, our work as domestic violence professionals to help other people even if they don't have a first-hand experience or if they know someone that's experiencing it to help them understand why things are playing out the way that they are. Right, yeah. And that's one of my biggest roles as an advocate. 
I want to pay, I want to open people's eyes up. Um, you know, and I think that that's why this podcast is so important. Um, it's because I want it to be able to open people's eyes. Like I want them to hear the words, you know, and I want them to feel, you know, what this means and why, you know, because, you know, I can understand. I'm also like you, I can understand why they would question why they say, well, why, you know, why didn't she leave or, you know, why didn't she do this? I mean, for a a stranger looking outward, you know, and outward looking in, they're going to automatically think that because they're, they've never been abused or never been in that situation. And they often all times say, Oh, if that happened to me now, I would have left. I would have picked my stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If if, if someone I knew ever yelled at me, I would be out the door so fast. And it's like, you know, it's, if you're looking out, yes. If you're on the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. but if you're in that situation, one, you don't know how you personally would react, but two, there's also a lot of layers on top of that, that, you know, kind of muddy your mind. And also, you know, you may have a child together. You may, you know, have, have be married. There's so many other things that are involved in this. Yeah, definitely. And so we got 10 minutes left on the clock and I want you to briefly talk about the new thing, the new program that um, you are forging with um, Safe and Harm's Way. Um, oh, I was yeah, speaking about roses a while ago, and it made me think about uh, the ca- you know the campaign and the program y'all are doing together. Yeah, so <clears throat> very fortunate. Um, a little background on how this all came together. Um, you know, early last year, um, I, I was fortunate to, to connect with Caroline Hammond. She reached out to me, uh, and she is the, the CEO and founder of Safe and Harm's Way. And she had mentioned a partnership that she had forged um, through the OAAA, which is the Out of Home Advertising Association of America. And just talking about a billboard that she had put up. Um, I think she there were locations all across the country, um, just you know talking about her organization, Safe and Harm's Way, and then transitioning to talking about you know domestic abuse as as a, a greater whole. Um, and we started talking, and she you know reached out and said, "Would you like to brainstorm the next campaign?" And we we of course raised her hand and, and set up a call and. And we actually brought in uh, a, a New York City-based advertising firm called Neon, um, and they are just a powerhouse of talent. They've got uh, creatives from, you know, all different uh, talents and, and things of that nature. And so we worked with a small team of, of uh, their team with uh, Lesha, Morgan, and Sam um, on their team, and they helped us to to go through the creative process. And we we created this this billboard the first it's hopefully you know, one of four so there'll be more coming um and the first one is, is based on this theme of the last i'm sorry and then you can go to the last i'm sorry.com to kind of access this tool um that helps people to recognize if they're being abused or not um but the visuals are just stunning um we kind of wanted to, to step away from any mention of abuse any physical you know any any person being represented one because many people if they see a you know, someone being represented as being physically abused, they tend to close up and not accept the message. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because we wanted everyone to be represented because, you know, it's not just men, it's not just women, it's it's not just a specific race or, you know, ethnicity, it's 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 everyone. So we, we focused on this visual of um, dying flowers, so different flowers and gifts in different stages of decay. And so what, what it looks like is just this, this message of, you know, do you live in fear of the next I'm sorry? Because so many people, you know, live in that state of, you know, they 
they walk on eggshells hoping that this isn't the day that they didn't you know put the dishes in the dishwasher the right way and they're going to you know get yelled at or berated and in, in many cases hit and so uh, you know we've kind of created this campaign and and the, the beautiful thing is that we actually got two billboards that are up and running currently uh, in Times Square in New York City so so it's been really great exposure for us we've been trying to shout shout the project from the mountaintops just let everyone know um, about this because we know that it's it's changing lives it's helping people to to make those connections and, and as I mentioned earlier just kind of call it what it is which is abuse and right. start to take those steps so it's a really it took a lot of people a lot of creative people to make this all come together and we're just so grateful for the partners that we farm, formed um, and um, I know that it's in, on it's in Times Square but it's also on digital billboards across the country I've seen some um, in my home state of Ohio that have popped up and uh, I know it's quite a bit in St. Louis where Caroline's from but it's just it's, it's a, a campaign that we're hoping will help people make that connection and it's beautiful and I have seen it and I have seen it on my LinkedIn, and I have seen it on um, everywhere. I've seen it pretty much everywhere, and I love it, and I'm so ecstatic about it. I'm so excited, and, you know, if I can do anything to help and share, you know, I will do my best, um, because I think that it's very important, and it brings me back to when I was abused, you know, that last I'm sorry, uh, because that's a lot of the time what abusers say. You know, after they beat the far out of you or they, mm-hmm. you know, berate you and put you down. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. it won't never happen again. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That <clears throat> right. gives me chills you saying that because it's so right. common. People say. And then oh, they cry too. Again. And, right. and you start to believe that because yeah. it does get so good then afterwards, yeah. you know. And, and again, I feel like generality, that's not the same for everyone. But right. in so many cases, it gets so much better. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just, it's tough. It is tough. But you know what? I'm so grateful for you and I'm so grateful for this program, all the programs that y'all do, all of the, um, you know, things that y'all come up with and create and for having the web page for everyone, uh, domesticshelters.org is a lifesaver. And when I say that, I mean it with my whole heart um, because it has so many great things and so many amazing tools on there for women and men and whomever um, that's going through domestic violence. And, you know, I, I'm just grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for you. Um, I'm, you know, y'all have been um, on my mind for quite a while now. And so to, to have my podcast, you know, on your webpage is a huge big deal for me as a creator and just for me as a survivor and a human being, you know, to be able to share my voice and to share other people's voices on this platform. It's, it's so important. And, um, I'm, I'm forever grateful for y'all. Um, well, right back at you, Misty. I mean, we're so thankful that you're using your voice in this way and such a, you know, growing your audience. And like you said, you people reached out to you and told you, you know, what you're hoping to do, which is to, to change lives and save lives. And, you know, we, we all have the same mission. And so we're, we're always grateful to work with people who have similar passions um, because at the end of it, you know, we always say, we're trying to make a decision whether or not we should do something. We always say, you know, is it going to help people? And wow. if it does, you know, nine times out of ten, we're just, we're going to do it. Exactly. Um, and so that's that's what it's all about. When you reached out to us, you know, is it going to help people to connect people with your podcast? Absolutely. Then we're going to do it. So uh, we're just so grateful that that you're doing this and doing so doing it in such a, a wonderful way. Uh, I love listening to your podcast. It's always I always always get sucked into the stories and, and your interviewing style. It's just so great. So I really appreciate you. 
well you're appreciated too and um guys i want y'all to go and check out the campaign um i'm the last sorry is it called the, the last, last I'm the sorry last i'm sorry dot com yeah um so sorry i'm a little froggy <laughs> so um i was froggy in the last podcast okay uh you know uh we've been all dealing with sickness but we're gonna get through it guys i'm telling y'all but um anyway thank you so much for coming on the podcast ashley and talking thank you for having me i really Um, appreciate it you're very welcome um guys i will talk to you on the next podcast i hope you have a wonderful today and have a beautiful tomorrow and um help somebody and be kind to someone and um just love everybody talk to you later bye guys